Hello, hello. Welcome back to My Big Sisters Podcast. I'm Tina Kay, your host. How are you guys? <laughs> Can you tell I'm fucking tired? I'm recording this on Monday the 19th and the podcast is supposed to be up already. Today's episode is supposed to be up and I think it's episode 11. I'm going to have to double check. Pretty sure it is. Let me tell you why I'm so tired and why this is late. So I'll just jump right into it. Um, do I have to set? Wait, are we setting the scene still? By the way, thanks for all of the cup pictures. Everyone's sending me their drinks. I love that. It makes my day. I have my marble Wawa cup with an iced coffee because I need extra today. I also have my palm and seltzer it's like filled to the top i can't even shake it for you because it's gonna fucking spell let me tell you why i'm fucking tired bitch and why this was late um it's not a complaint but i guess it is i don't want it to sound like i'm complaining because i'm very grateful to have my little baby but Cher was in heat <sighs> no she's not fucking spayed okay I know that it's safer for them and everybody yells at me about it, but let me tell you something. <laughs> I do my research. I know that I look like a crazy dog mom on the internet, but that's just the surface, okay? That's just the tip of the fucking iceberg. I am a psychotic crazy dog mom. I am a thorough crazy dog mom. I research everything, everything about having a chow chow specifically. I don't just look up dog things. I look up chow chow related things. Luckily, it's the oldest breed known. The breed is known for over 2000 years. So there's a lot of information. One of those things, one of a piece of information is they're prone to having hip dysplasia. And in recent years, studies have found that it could be related to spaying or neutering them too early because then they don't reach their full size and based on the research it says to wait because they're like a, a medium to large dog breed to wait until they're their full size to spay them shares only one and a half right now she's probably her full, her full size um they say you should wait till two years old so she's coming up on the time where we have to get her spayed. Okay, fine. Listen, we're <laughs> we're like, you can't even talk to us about it. I'm a little bit more reasonable about it, but talking to him about it, it's just, we're very protective over Cher. She is our baby. If you're new here for whatever reason, Cher is a chow chow. She's my one and a half year old puppy. But to me, she is a toddler baby girl. This is my, I gave birth to her, okay? In addition to... We're just scared to get her spayed. Chows have adverse reactions to the medication they use to put the dogs to sleep. It's something in their gene, something with the genes, right? And a lot of vets don't know this. I asked her primary vet. We have a vet here where we live. I asked them if they have spayed chows before, like, do they know about this gene? And the way they responded was just, <laughs> I'm not going to get into it, but I was very unhappy with it. So I, I had reached out to other chow chow owners in the city. They referred me to a different vet that frequently works 
with child and frequently does chow chow surgeries. So we're going to take that route. It's going to take a little bit longer, but I'm going to get her a different vet and do it that way and get her spayed properly. I will be sedated that day. Okay. They, they're going to have to put me under two. <laughs> I don't know who's driving us to the surgery. <laughs> I already told my mom, like, you're going to have to come here. Like, don't be stupid. We're not going to be able to drive. <laughs> I'm not. I already know I'm not. I'm going to have to be put down until my baby is back in my arms because I'm not going to be okay with it. I am in love with her. I'm obsessed with her. And I am the most protective dog mom in the entire world. Okay. So because she was in heat, that's why she's not spayed. But so because she was in heat, listen, it's like, it's like having three dogs. She doesn't have, I don't know what It's probably because her coochie feels anxious, (laughs) but she felt like she had to go outside. I fucking kid you not every two hours. So think about that. I would go to bed. Two hours later, she would wake me up to take her out. And obviously I'm going to take her because what if she does have to pee? I don't want her to have to hold it, you know, so I would take her out. We're out there for fuck. Oh my God. 10, 15 minutes each time. Mind you, this will be at 12 a.m., 2 a.m., 4 a.m. Like, I'm not going to fucking walk her for 30 minutes in the middle of the night. And then to get her back in, which is never a problem. It's never a problem to get her back in. She listens to me very well, but not when she's in heat. So I've been dealing with that for for two weeks total. Okay? So the day that... So I usually record the podcast on Thursdays. No. Because whenever I could sleep, I slept. Because think about it. I would walk her, come back in, and then I can't fall asleep right away. So by the time I fell asleep, she would wake me up 15 minutes later. She didn't sleep. I didn't sleep. It made her fussy. It made me fussy. (laughs) So finally, she's starting to feel better. It doesn't mean that she's not still in heat. It just means that it's, it's moving into its next phase. I'm not about to, I already explained too much about it, but it's moving into its its next phase. She's starting to feel better. She's starting to get back on her regular schedule, which means I can get back on my reg- regular schedule <laughs> because I haven't posted anything. I haven't made any fucking content. Like I've just been trying to sleep, trying to keep up with the house, trying to keep up with doing stuff while walking her every two fucking hours, carrying her back because she won't come back inside. My back is killing me. So that's what's going on. And that's why this episode is late. Next week should be fine. I'm thinking that she's still napping now, which is a good sign. I'm sure as soon as I'm done with this, I'm going to go have to walk her again. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, I also have good news, though. We have an ad read, an ad placement from Petteek Pets. They sent me the most gorgeous stroller for Cher. And it couldn't have come at a better time because I can't carry her anymore. She's 52 pounds. My back is killing me after this last week of having to carry her back in because she won't listen to me. And they sent me a beautiful stroller. Now, if you have a larger breed, I know that it's hard to find a stroller, find one that you can even store properly because they have big strollers. But where where are you going to put that? Where does it fit? Does it close down? Is it going to fit in the trunk of the car? I went on a hunt to find the best stroller for Cher because 
for many reasons. I love taking her everywhere with me, but I do not like her feet on just random public spaces. I don't know if that's too much. Don't really care. I go to Manhattan a lot. I bring Cher with me to doctor's appointments. I will literally carry her from the car till we're at the building because I don't want her feet on the Manhattan sidewalks. There's rats, there's pee and poo everywhere. It's disgusting. There's roaches. And I was like, I need a stroller. Like, I can't keep carrying her. My back hurts. I need a stroller so I could take her places, keep her safe. Even in Target, it causes such a stir. So many people walk over to say hi. She gets anxious. Then I get anxious. So I needed something safe to put her in that has a mesh closure. And I'm going to post pictures on Cher's Instagram account so you could check it out. And then I'll, I'll, I'll put it on the Big Sister podcast Instagram. If you don't follow it, it's at my Big Sisters podcast on Instagram and on TikTok. I'll link everything and I'll show you pictures, but it's gorgeous in person. So I think I got the all-terrain pet jogger or something like that, but it's red and black. It matches her harness. If you didn't know, she's a Valentine's Day baby and it is so like glidey. (laughs) Is that a good word? It's glidey. It closes up really nice. Um, I don't even close it. I just leave it open. It has three mesh openings, so she could see it'll be nice and cool in there, and she can also step into it, so I don't have to break my back trying to get her in the stroller. And it's not huge where it's going to be awkward trying to go through doors in public places, trying to fit it in the car. No, no, no. It's a good size. It'll fit through regular door sizes and in the house, in public spaces. It's amazing. I'm so excited to use it. I was waiting for her heat to end to start training her to like walk right in it. So that way she knows, oh, the stroller's out. It means it means I'm going somewhere with mommy. And I'm so excited because now I could take her walking around because if you didn't know, chow chows are lazy. Okay, she'll walk for 30 minutes and play outside, but then she's done. And guess who's got to carry her back? Me. I would love to walk a little more and get some more exercise and bring her with me and, you know, walk over to a coffee shop or something. Now I can. I'm so excited. Thank you so much, Patek. Not only is it a gorgeous stroller and it's very functional, it holds up to 60 pounds. Okay, 60 pounds, which is great for a larger breed. Um, And they gave me a coupon code for 15% off to you guys. The code is MYBIGSISTER. So, You can go on the site, check out a few things. I also got a snuffle mat for her. It's like the mat you put treats in and it gives them good enrichment and makes them, keeps them occupied for a little bit. I also got, um, they sent me a cleaner. I'm going to post a TikTok about it. They sent me a cleaner that's like safe for pets. It deodorizes. Oh, here she goes now. I think a package is here. (laughs) Do you hear the pause? She's running to the window because I think a package is getting delivered. Um, It's a deodorizer for pets, but it's also safe for pets. Okay, so I'm going to do a TikTok about that too and explain everything to you guys. But I am so excited that this is my first ad read on the podcast. Thank you so much, Petik Pets. And there'll probably be vlogs and a bunch of content about me pushing my stroller with my puppy in it. <laughs> Listen, I don't care. I know that there's people who are like, oh my God, a dog stroller. Yes, 
You know why? Because you know who has to take care of this dog? Me. So the safer she is, the easier it is for me, okay? If my back hurts, I can't pick her up and keep her safe. If we got to escape, I can't be carrying her running for miles. Like, I thought of everything. If something happens to her paws, who has to take care of it? Me. If something happens to her leggies while we're walking, who has to take care of it? Me. This makes it easier for dog moms to do their job, okay? Because we all have a million other things to do and we want to take care of the pets. Some of you have kids. Some of you have adult kids, but maybe it'll be easier if at least the puppy's in a stroller. You know what I mean? It keeps them contained. And then you get to do the walking, the moving. I can't be you know, focused on where she's sniffing on the leash while I'm trying to do some shopping, while I'm at a doctor's appointment. I can't be worried about that. Put her in the stroller, zip it up. She could still breathe. She's still safe. Nope. The other thing is I don't like random people touching her. She looks like um, a teddy bear. She's very, very cute. She's got a cute face. Everybody comes over because she looks fluffy and everybody wants to touch her. Listen, I get it, but I don't know what's on their hands. I don't know what's going to spook her. I don't know what's going to scare her. I don't want random people touching her. So I want to put her in the stroller. I want to zip it up so you can't access my puppy if I'm looking away for five seconds. It makes it easier for moms to do their jobs, go about your life, but still take care of the dog. I really recommend it. I'm going to be making a lot of content around why I think more people should have pet strollers. I don't think I mean, I know they're pets, but we're we're in a modern society now, especially if you're new, if you're in New York City. I know in more rural, rural <laughs> more I'll say suburban. I know in more suburban areas, you probably don't need a stroller. But I'm most of the time in Manhattan. I think in more city areas, a stroller should be normalized. I think it's safer for everyone. So yeah, that's my whole deal. Check out Petite Pets. It's the code is my big sister. I'm gonna put the links on the Instagram account because it's easier to access. I'll put the link there to the shop and their at on social media is, it's at Petique Pets, P-E-T-I-Q-U-E. Okay, so go check it out. Let me know what you think. And let me know if you get a stroller because I'm trying to start a movement. Put these babies in strollers. Stop having their paws on the hot sidewalks, on the dirty floors, in the streets of the city with rats and cockroaches and pee and poop. Stop doing that. It's not good for them, which means it's not gonna be good for you. Okay, let's get into hot topics. I know, I've been talking so much. It's gonna be a long episode. It's gonna be a long episode, okay? Buckle up. We're also, I'm taking a sip and I'm choking. (laughs) We're also in retrograde. Oh yeah, baby. It's gonna be a long fucking episode because we have a lot of shit to talk about. And to be honest with you, I don't wanna deal with normal life right now. This is my vacation time, sitting, recording my podcast. This is my fucking vacation time, okay? So yeah, I'm gonna take my fucking time. It's gonna be a long episode. Too bad. If you don't like something, fast forward, bitch. (laughs) Um, There's a couple things I wanted to tell you. I have a little list so I can keep track. I watched the Army Hammer documentary on Discovery. So I found it, it's called House of Hammer. It's on Discovery Plus. I, listen, I don't, I'm I'm not subscribed to, I'm not subscribed to Discovery Plus. So I did the seven day free trial just to watch the documentary. And then I gave my mom the login so she could watch the documentary. Okay. Remember what was it? The last, I mentioned, 
I mentioned it two times and I said what the whole, I, I gave like a mini summary of what pop culture is saying about this. So if you didn't know, if you didn't listen to the prior episodes or if you forgot, I'll give you a little recap. Army Hammer is an actor and he has a cult following because of the movie Call Me By Your Name, I think. He's handsome. I wouldn't say he's the hottest guy, but he's cute. He's attractive. He's he's very, um, what's the word? It doesn't matter. He's attractive. He's not hideous. He's attractive. Tall, blonde, blue eyes. Not my type, but girls like him. You get it. And it's bad, okay? It's bad. So prior to watching the documentary, I had said people are saying two different things. It's he's a rapist. He's an abuser. Or they're saying, no, he's not. You guys are just kink shaming. Let me fucking tell you something. I watched the whole documentary and it featured one of his family members. It featured a couple of his ex-girlfriends with proof that they were actually together. It featured verifiable DMs from him. This man's a fucking abuser, okay? How he's not in jail is insane and it's and it's very scary. It's very scary how he's not in jail. The things he did to these women, I'm not going to repeat on this podcast because it is so upsetting. It's nauseating. It puts, it makes me feel like I want to gag. It is so upsetting. He did terrible things to these women. I don't know how he's not in jail. Watch it at, at your own discretion, okay? Because if you get triggered by those things, you are going to be fucking triggered. It is so sad. It's so, these, oh, I can't even believe it. I can't believe it. The things that his family has done. This is like years of this. It's not just him, allegedly. It's allegedly his dad would do the same things and allegedly his grandfather would do the same things. You got to watch it to know all the details because I don't want to repeat it all here and upset somebody for no reason. Watch it if you want to. Just be mindful that even if you don't have that type of trauma, it is so heavy to watch because they go into detail, they show the DMs, which they have to. I feel like that's a good thing that they did because I feel like people need to know this. However, absorbing it is very draining. Like I, I just didn't like feel good after watching it. I just felt like, oh, like I need to cleanse myself. Like, oh my God, it was so bad. It was so bad because it's not just that he's a cannibal. No, no, no. He's a rapist. Okay. The cannibal part is not even the worst part. Like that's not even the problem. That's not even the problem. It's that he's a rapist and he needs to be in jail. Like he needs to be in jail. Anyway, allegedly for entertainment purposes only, that is just my opinion based on what I watched. I think he should be in jail. So anyway, moving on. But that's, but I watched it. I'm, I'm telling you because I kept saying I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. I did watch it. And that, those are my thoughts. Okay. So watch it. What is the word? Watch at your own risk. Yeah. Enter at your own risk. Okay. Because it's fucking dark and it's sad and it's terrible. And I feel really, I don't feel bad for them because I, I don't want to like pity those women, but they're very strong and smart women. And it's just tragic that he did this to them. Okay. 
I'm going to move on. On New York Fashion Week, there is a lot of discourse on TikTok about influencers being at New York Fashion Week. Listen, influencers can't do shit right, okay? They're not allowed to go nowhere. They're not allowed to go to the Met Gala. They're not allowed to go to New York Fashion Week. They're not allowed to go to... um any award shows, they literally can't walk anywhere or do anything without at people complaining, which is fine because all publicity is good publicity, remember? But the whole thing was influencers were taking up seats at these runway shows and people feel like stylists and marketers and people that are actually in fashion should have gotten those seats which I agree with. I think that if you're in the industry and this is your job and your job, part of your job is seeing the runway shows, seeing what's going to come out for fall and winter, seeing what's next, trending colors, trending textiles. If that is your job, you should be at there at the shows. However, this does not fall on the influencers. People love to attack influencers. I know that from a personal standpoint, and I know that from just observing, I get it. There are influencers, especially lately. Oh my God. You thought Instagram influencers were obnoxious? TikTok influencers make us look like humble queens. <laughs> TikTok influencers are way worse. And I say that with love. Like I'm laughing at myself as well because there was a time I was obnoxious, and I'm sure I still am sometimes. It's like hard to, there's only so much self-awareness you can have while still being an extrovert influencer. Do you know what I mean? Like there's no right way to do it. Any job where you put yourself out there, there's no one's ever going to be 100% happy. Like it's just not how it works. But the TikTok girlies, oh my God. They, I think the problem is they had the opportunity to blow up so fast. So with influence, with Instagram influencers, it's a slower growth process. So on the way of growing, you get to learn. On TikTok, these kids blow up in the matter of months. So they're not learning on the way. They are, but they have to learn faster. They have to adapt quicker. And you can't expect people in their teens and young 20s to know how to operate that way. So they come off obnoxious. And I just think, you know, think back to when you were fucking 25. Oh, God, I'm nauseous at the thought. Like, I was so obnoxious. And before 25, no, I don't even know who that girl is. <laughs> I don't even know who she is. People, we know this, okay? I hope I don't offend anyone. But if you are, if you are still in your young 20s, just ignore what I'm about to say. But if you are 29 and up, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. You know what the fuck I'm talking about. It is such a different, the way you change from the age of 26 to the age of 28 to the age of 30 is so insane. Like it's a short amount of time, but you change so much. And basically anyone under the age of like 29, you're probably still insufferable. (laughs) I was too. I'm not saying I'm not included in that, but it's just what it is. Like your 20s is like being a teenager all over again, except with money and responsibilities. So how are you not going to be fucking obnoxious? Like that's just how it is. So all of these young TikTokers, 
were were infiltrating Soho and Tribeca and taking over fucking Fashion Week. And I'm sure it was obnoxious because they're trying to snap content. They're not really there because they're fashion gurus and they, and they have trending styles they want to put out on the street. No, no, no. They're wearing Revolve. They're wearing stuff that was chosen for them. Remember that, that piece from um, The Devil Wears Prada? Cerulean was chosen for you by the very people in this room. Like... They're wearing outfits that were chosen for them. They're not setting trends. They're not even influencing style. They're just out there to network and get the likes and be seen and get themselves in front of eyes and hope for more opportunities so they can grow in their career, which is influencing so they can get more brand deals so they can pay their fucking bills. Like they're just hustling. Okay. If there's one thing about these girls, they hustle. And this is their fucking hustle. So of course they're going to show up to New York Fashion Week and do whatever they can to get in. Of course they are. Of course they are. I feel two ways about this. One, it is not the fucking influencer's fault if they are sitting at these fashion shows. Do you know whose responsibility that is? The fucking publicist. I don't know why. Are there no critical thinking skills left? This is not on the influencers. You expect them to sit home and be like, let me not take a seat so 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 and so can get the seat. Are you fucking kidding me? Please. This is up to the fucking publicist. Of course these girls are going to show up. This is their fucking hustle. You can't tell people nobody wants to work anymore. <laughs> and then when they're fucking working, you don't like that either. This is their job. Their job as content creators, as influencers, is to show the fuck up, get the content, do what's doing. And that's what they did. Now, for them to get through the doors, that was on their, that's on the designer's publicist. Okay, because how did they get the invite? How did they get the pass? How did they get the ticket to the show? If you didn't fucking want them there, if it was such a problem for you, why did you let them go? You should have had a list at the fucking door. How did they get in? Like, honestly, how did they get in? It, it, I, to blame the influ- influencers makes no fucking sense. It makes no sense. The only way they got in is because they were wanted there. So your real issue is with the designers and the publicists wanting influencers there, except in, let me correct what I'm saying. The real issue is the designers and the publicists wanted influencers there, wanted to give those seats away to influencers instead of the quote, real fashion people like stylists, marketers, and other designers and and real fashion influencers and, and editors. That's the real issue. You're mad at the publicist because what happens is the designer designs the clothes and picks the models and picks how they want the hair and makeup and puts the show together and worries about the garments and worries about who's going to fit what and worries about who's going to sponsor the show and worries about what shoes are they going to wear. They're not fucking worried about who's sitting in the rows. They're going to worry about the front row. Oh my God, I hope so-and-so is at my show. I hope so-and-so is at my show. But they're not, that's not their job. That's their publicist job. So who's getting all the emails? The publicist. So who's in charge of the tickets? The publicist. So how did these influencers get in the show? The publicist. You're, you're expecting these girls to sit home and not want to go to New York Fashion Week? They're young. They have no idea how exhausting Fashion Week is. <laughs> I'm 31. I've done the fashion week. 
And I was talking about with my friend because my friend, I always talk about her because I, I think she's great. But she's uh, more well-known, right? And she used to be in a different industry. So she's got a lot of connections and blah, blah, blah. She gets tons of invites. And we were talking about, do you know how fucking exhausting it is? <laughs> Mind you, Cher was in heat. I'm walking her every two fucking hours. I'm nearly in tears just because I'm tired. I'm not complaining. I love being a dog mom. This is the best blessing in my life. I mean, seriously, she's an angel. But I'm fucking tired. I can't imagine. I remember working a nine to five, getting changed, sweating, heading down to fucking fashion week, being backstage, trying to report on stuff with Kevin O'Quinn Beauty, watching the show, and the show would be all of... 10 fucking minutes until you have to rush out, try to get a cab, even though everybody's outside trying to get a cab, trying to get an Uber, or running down the block in heels, meeting a car, or renting a car, or having the car waiting for you downstairs, because that's another thing. Car, you can you can have like a car service the whole day. Usually like uh, one car brand will sponsor all of New York Fashion Week. I think most of the time it's Lexus. I think one year it was Audi. I don't even know what the fuck it was this year. But you got to rush around sweating. And I listen, I don't know how they do it. I, I, I'm i not built like that. <laughs> I'm not built like that. I'll meet you at the after party. Okay. I'll meet you. What time does the party start? Okay. I'll be there an hour late. After I, I've gotten ready for four hours at home. I've had a martini or two, a cigarette. I'll meet you there. I'll take an Uber in. I'll meet you there. Save me a seat because I'm not standing the fuck up either. And then then I'll have some fun and I'll stay out with you till 6 a.m. But running show to show just for some fucking pictures. No, babe, I'm going to scroll on Instagram and look at all the pictures that the other creators took. Okay, (laughs) like I don't know how I didn't have the energy then. Once I think the last time I did it, I was I think I was 26. Oh, I can't do it again. I would do, I, I was thinking about it because you, you watch New York Fashion Week and you, and you put yourself in it like, oh, I wonder how like glamorous that is. It is and it isn't. You know when it's glamorous? When you are fucking Cardi B and you were ushered in by your security team and you're driven to the front door and you get to take the beautiful pictures as you walk in and you got to sit there for five minutes and then you're ushered right back out. And you're not out in the streets of Soho sweating your fucking ass off and heels with swollen feet and fucking blisters and low key stinking a little bit because it's still fucking hot out. Yeah, no. Okay. It's not, (laughs) it's not, it's not as glamorous for the regular people. You have to love it. That's the thing. The fashion, fashion people love it. They love it. They love the energy around it. You have to really love it for it, for it for it to be the full experience. So if these influencers are out there hustling to try to get in there, let them. Because it's not really, I'm not saying it's the hardest job. It's obviously not a hard job. But what I'm saying is it's not glamorous and it's not fucking fun. It, the parties are fun, but everything until then, it's really not that fun. It's really fucking not. And it's a lot of phony bullshit. It's a lot of phony connections. It's a lot of like, hi, how are you? Oh my God, where are you going next? How did you get that invite? It's a lot of fucking shade thrown. And I don't know about you, but I don't take well to that. (laughs) I don't fucking take well to that shit. It's like irritating. You have to be so in it that you don't mind. You know what I mean? Because there's bullshit everywhere, but you have to be so in it that you don't mind. 
And that's the real tea about New York Fashion Week. I don't think it's on the influencers. I honestly, I commend them for their hustle and their hard work because I, like I've always told you, I love seeing young women thrive. It's mostly young um, girls, gays, and theys. I love seeing them thrive. The other thing I want to add, and I'm not going to go too much into this because I hate sounding like fuck the patriarchy all the time, but this is where we belong, okay? These are the spaces we're allowed to be. So let's not tear these young young ones down just because it's annoying to you. One, it wasn't their responsibility. The influencers are not in charge of the list. That's somebody else's job. Get at them. Two, they're already not welcome in other fucking spaces. So why would you criticize them for hustling in the space where they're allowed to thrive? Think about it. Any other career choice outside of fashion and beauty, girls, gays, and theys are put down. They have to work 10 times fucking harder. They get paid way less. So if this is the space where they get to thrive and and doors open for them, of course they're going to hustle and fucking double down on that. Why, Why is that such a bad thing? Okay, it's annoying. We're in a transition period where the real celebrities now are going to be influencers. Influencers get more views than most major network television shows. So they're going to be wanted at these shows because people have their eyes on them. This is the way the world is changing. You just got to get with it. But don't don't fucking criticize the young ones for actually hustling. You can't have two narratives at once. You can't say, oh, nobody wants to work. Nobody wants to Guess what? This is the new line of work. This is what the fuck they're doing. And they're actually hustling. They went to New York Fashion Week. They brought, they spent tons of money. I guarantee these girls went into debt that, over Fashion Week. I, get, I fucking guarantee it. Because the hotel prices during Fashion Week are astronomical. They don't get paid to show up. Maybe they get a, a couple of free clothes and stuff. But what about food and Ubers and going out and having to buy cocktails and extra outfits and please it was I'm sure they're in debt thousands hopefully they make it back after networking and all but it's not fucking cheap and it's not the easiest thing I'm not saying it's hard you know what I'm saying don't fucking knock them let them thrive and have fun (laughs) I feel like it was all it was mostly like older people like getting annoyed and I see from both sides I get it it's probably so fucking annoying and I've met a lot of those influencers and they are fucking obnoxious They are fucking rude. I've had very young girls be rude to me. Like, I get it. I get it. But but I'm also like, I like seeing young people thrive in areas where they're accepted because I've been those young people. <laughs> and as a young woman, especially when I had fake boobs, it was so fucking hard to be taken seriously. I had to do... I fucking did so many things to try to get in the right doors. And that's the only reason why I was able to network and get brand deals and be here today. Okay. No one wants to hear you. No one gives a fuck what you're saying. No one fucking likes you. It's just constant, constant criticism just to get, just to get somewhere in a career where you're actually accepted. So that's my opinion. That's what I think. It's not really on the influencers. It's on the publicists. Um, what else did I have to tell you? Oh, some of you wanted to know about, okay, so 
was it two weeks ago or or not this past weekend this past weekend i went thrifting in the city with um my mom and sisters which was lovely oh my god i had the best day the weekend before that or two weeks before that my mom took me to a healer and it was great so if you didn't know my mom is a light worker well there's all different terms some people call it a light worker some people call it a medium some people call it a witch, <laughs> whatever, whatever suits, whatever you like best. She does spiritual work, something I truly believe in. I find her work to be incredible. I, I believe it a hundred percent and she's in all of these different groups. Um, so she found out about this healer who comes from the UK and I guess he travels to different areas and he was going to be in New York for two days and she bought me a session with him um and I thought that was so sweet so I was like obviously I'm gonna do it so she took me to the healer his name is Malcolm Smith I think I'll have to confirm I'll put it on I'll find the information from her and I'll put it on the Instagram in case you're interested but he doesn't someone asked me like oh my god I want to go he doesn't live in New York he was just here for two days so it wasn't really something I wanted to promote because I'm like no one else can go like he's here today he's gone tomorrow like I you know what I mean but I'll send you I'll post the information if you could find him if he's in your area then if it works out it works out so basically what he does is he believes he has a gift from God there's tons of people that say it works you know, you know how it goes with healers and stuff like that. We have no, I have no fucking idea if it's going to work. I don't know. I don't know. But I just feel like, I just feel like it can't be bad, right? It can't be bad. And if it comes from love, like in my head, I was thinking my mom saw this. And the first thing she thought was, I want to take Tina. So even if his fucking magic powers don't work, that is a magic power. The love from your mom, so much love that she wants to take the day, come and get me, pay for this, drive me into the city, wait there while I get the healing. Like that is love. That's true love. So even if his healing powers don't work, hers could. That's how I look at it. I just feel like the whole experience is very special and... When you, I don't know if any of you have a similar illness or the same or something different, but something serious to you or mental health issue, whatever the fuck it is, you know what I'm talking about. When someone recognizes your struggles and will do anything that within their limits to help you with it, that right there is enough healing for me. Like that's good enough for me. I, I, I love that. Like, that's a, that's I'll do it. Of course, I'll do it. Please. All I had to do was sit there. <laughs> so the guy is re- he's really sweet. It's an older man. And you go into like a little meditation room. He explains what he does. And then he asks you about you and your stuff. And he asks for permission because he's obviously got to put his hands on you. So he's like, I have to do this, this, and this. Is that okay? And I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Like, (laughs) we're we're here, right? (laughs) And I figured it was like a hands-on thing. Like, I figured he'd probably have to put his hands on my head and stuff. And he did. He had to put his hands on my head, on my neck, and on my back. Nothing inappropriate. 
He didn't say anything inappropriate because at first, like as women, we're like, huh? He's got to do what now? No, it was nothing creepy. And I'm the first one to be like, creepy, not doing it. No, no, no. It wasn't like that. It was very sweet. And he puts his hand on my head, on my back. It was like 30 minutes or something. No talking, just meditation music. And he goes in different places at different times. Like for a little bit, he's on my head. For a little bit, he's on my back. And then he switches back to my head. And then he switches back to my back. And then he shakes his hands a little bit. Like it's really, it's what you would think it is. Um, And I thought it wasn't, I mean, we're not going to know if it works until my next scan, I guess. But I was thinking about this recently. Now, you never forget that you have an illness. You don't forget it. But I was so I was so like my head was some somewhere else after that. And I knew, you know, I don't forget like and I also know I have appointments coming up and I'm stressed about it, whatever. But there was a brief time where I fucking forgot. I had like a few days where I didn't think about it. And I was telling my mom, like, maybe that was part of the healing. I didn't think about it for a couple of days. That is profound. And I was like, maybe that was part of the healing. Maybe my biggest issue is my mental health. And I was like, it probably is. <laughs> it probably is. Because my the biggest issue I have with it is my mental health and what it does for my mental health. Because it really puts me in a dark place. So I was thinking that was that was it. I think his name is Malcolm Smith. I'll put the information on the podcast Instagram in case you want to check it out. Um, what else did I have to tell you? Oh, this past weekend, we went thrifting. Oh my God, it was so fun. I had a fucking ball. We went to the West Village. First, we went out to eat. Then we went to a few thrift stores. We walked around the city. The weather was perfect. Then we came back to my house. We rested. It was great. It was just a great day. It was such a great day that I was fucking depressed when they left. They don't live near me. They live in Long Island, but um, with the traffic, it's really not that easy to get to. It's really not because I'm in Staten Island. Long Island is, I mean, without traffic, it's only an hour, but the fucking traffic because of Queens is insane. It takes like, it could take two hours. Some Once I've sat in traffic for four hours, it's a fucking nightmare. So it's hard to make time to see each other on top of my appointments. You know what I mean? So we try to do things in between appointments. So it's like, we don't only see each other for my doctor's appointments. <laughs> and we try to do extra stuff. But with the traffic, it's really a pain in the ass. So when they left, I was, I was big D. Okay. I was real big depressed. I just, yeah, it sucks. You know, I like to be with my family and I like to be around people who know me because on Staten Island, you know, you know people, but nobody here, nobody here, like even having friends, it's not the same. Like no one, I don't have people here that, you know, that really know me. So when those people leave, it's like, oh God. And I'm sure some of you can relate. I I guess, you know, I have a friend, her, her parents don't live here. I'm sure some of you can relate. Like if you don't live close to your family, I don't know how people do it like on purpose because <laughs> we, we're not like purposely living far away from each other. It just ha- happened to be that way. And now we don't have a fucking choice. But 
I don't know how people do it willingly. Like, oh my God. Oh, well, I guess if you're not super close, it's not that hard. But when you're close, oh God, you get used to it. Like now I'm not as depressed as I was yesterday. Like when they left, oh my God, I want to cry. Yesterday I didn't feel that great. Today I'm all right. You know, you go back to your normal routine and you just look forward to the next time. Um, what else was I going to tell you? Oh, so today's, these are not even the main topics. <laughs> They're really not. I was going to do the dating advice and I still am. Like I said, it's going to be a long episode. Hold on. I'm taking a sip. It's going to be a long episode. I wanted to, <clears throat> oh, I'm getting choked up. My allergies are like bothering me a little bit. Oh, we did talk about, I'm looking over my list and I'm like, oh, we did talk about, <laughs> I'm talking to myself. Do you guys talk to yourself? I fucking talk to myself sometimes. I'm alone often, so I kind of have to. Okay, we're doing dating advice part two. I feel like I put this on long enough and I just want to get it done so we can move on. <laughs> so we can move on to another topic. So if you're still listening if this podcast isn't too long for you, I really appreciate it. Okay, dating advice. I have a couple of DMs. I have a couple of DMs. Let me go over it. Um, Oh, somebody asked dating with kids. And I responded, I don't have kids. I'm not going to have kids. I'm also not single. So this is one I can't answer because I never dated someone with kids that I know of. You know, if they had a secret kid, I had no idea. I never dated anyone with kids. I'm guessing like, so I don't want to answer this as if I'm a mom when I'm not, or as if I'm a parent when I'm not. But I'm guessing if I was a single parent trying to date, I would refrain from introducing my kids. I personally would go as far as not saying I even have kids until I know I want to pursue this person. Like if we had just met, I would, just for safety reasons, if we had just met and like we're having a cocktail, whatever, I wouldn't just say, oh yeah, I have a kid. No, no, no. I would leave all that out because you don't know, you can meet crazy people at a bar. Like you don't know who's, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like there's predators out there. Okay. So I wouldn't even say that. But if it's like, okay, we're having a cocktail, we're on a date. I really want to see him again. I'm going to say, by the way, I have a kid. I wouldn't hide it out of shame. I would just like for safety reasons until I know, okay, I want to see him again. I don't think he's a crazy person. <laughs> just so you know, I have a kid. Like, are you cool with that? And then as far as introducing someone to the kid, oh, I wouldn't do that for a while. I wouldn't do that for a while. I wouldn't do that until... I wouldn't do it until you're at a place where you're thinking about living with them. I would, I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't. I don't think there's a reason to get them all attached to somebody that you, you don't know if you're serious with. I think it's more complex than people want to give credit to it. This is my personal opinion. I had two single parents <laughs> when I was a kid. I met so many of my dad's girlfriends. <laughs> I met so fucking many of them, okay? So many. I met, and he didn't live with any of them. So what does that tell you? Like, he didn't live with any of those girls. I met so many of them. Um, 
I just wouldn't introduce until later. Until way later. Like, if you're at the place where you're like, okay, I think I want to live together. Now I'll introduce. Now we'll spend some time together. We'll see how they vibe. We'll see how my kid feels. But until you're serious, 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 don't introduce them. You could talk about the kid. You could share some things. But as far as involving your kid, you have to advocate for them. So why mix them up with someone you're not even 100% sure about? And then I asked you guys, do, do, are, do any of you have kids? Like, do you date with kids? And a lot of you responded pretty much the same thing. I'm a single mom of two boys. But when I do, my boundaries are FaceTime calls or a few FaceTime calls a few times to make sure there's a connection established and not waste time, meaning like don't just meet up in public, like FaceTime a little bit before, which I agree with. That's a good point. FaceTime a couple of times before you make a date just to see if there's even chemistry before you're like meeting a stranger. I love that rule, by the way. That's a good one, guys. Write that down. (laughs) If you're single, that's a good one. FaceTime a couple of times beforehand. That's a great, that's a great tip. Meet in public and never allow them to pick you up at your house. Oh, 100%. And never let them know you live alone with your children. Oh, I love this. These are great tips. Don't meet, don't, I know there's romance to like, oh, he came to pick me up and came to the door. Okay, great, great, great. But we're 2022. If you're living home with the kids, they're by themselves, meet him at the restaurant take an Uber, take an Uber and meet him there. Do not have him pick you up or drive you home. Take an Uber, take an Uber there, take an Uber home. Don't have him meet you. I love that. I say him because I'm just going on default, but you you get it. Whomever you're going on a date with. Don't introduce your kids until you're serious about a person. That's basically what I just said. Meet in public. Yeah, meet in public. Like don't go anywhere sus or alone. Like be in public where other people are there. And she said, the last thing, most importantly, make sure they know about your kids and priorities and have fun. But don't get consumed on the date by only talking about the kids. That's a good point too. That's a good point too. Don't make your whole personality just about your kids. Like make sure you're really talking about yourself as well so you can actually get to know each other. Um, And I'm sure that could scare people away who don't have kids. Like maybe they would be fine with dating someone with children. But then when they go on a date with you, that's all you talk about. And there's nothing else that I would take. I would be intimidated about as well. I get intimidated about that with friends. (laughs) When I'm in a group and everyone only just talks about their kids. I'm like, oh, my God, get me the fuck out of here. And I know they mean well, but it's like I have nothing to relate to. So I get that about dating as well. Like if you're going on a date with someone, he might not have kids, but you do. It's not always that, oh, he doesn't want to date someone with the kids. It might be because you didn't really talk about anything else. You got to talk about yourself too. And someone else said the same thing. Don't introduce your kids to your new partner for a long time. Again, I agree with that. I would wait a long time. Okay, we're going to move on to the next question. <laughs> this one's cute. Been talking to Stink for almost a year. We haven't hit third base. <laughs> I mean, is that's on you? Is that a good? Is that a good or a bad thing? I, some people would say that's a good thing, and some people would be like, "What? <laughs> a whole year? What are you guys doing? <laughs> a whole year? What are you guys doing, though? Do what? Well, and what is third base? I don't even know what third base is now. Please comment on Instagram. 
sent me a message. What the fuck is third base? I don't even know what third base is. I don't know what third base is now. 2022, what is third base? Comment and let me know because I have no idea. Okay, here's a longer question. I'm going to read it to you. Hopefully, it'll, I, don't, I, I don't think I'm going to blur blurb. <laughs> what am I saying? I don't think I'm going to spit out anyone's name by accident, but she'll know who she is when she listens to this. She said, oh, love today's pod so much. Oh, thank you. Love you. If you plan to do another advice show, I got to ask you because my homegirl hit me with this recently and I was floored. Ooh, okay. So there's some tea in this. What are your thoughts on a boyfriend telling their long-term girlfriend that they've been, that they've gained weight and it's becoming an issue? <laughs> like he was nice about it, but she's naturally losing her mind over this. Yeah, no, I get that. Because she says the sex is still great, but he seems to have pulled back a bit despite being together for a long ass time. I know this is a lot, but would love your insight because I know you're a body positive, posi babe, but also level headed. Thanks in advance. <sighs> Let me address them the real quick. First, like besides dating advice, I wouldn't categorize myself as like a body positive human being just because I think the body positive meeting, uh, culture went to like a really like they're almost like what the body positive community is almost counterintuitive sometimes like they're they're really mean about girls like me who have had surgery to make myself look better do you know what I mean so they don't include me so I'm not going to identify myself as body positive they don't like me either which I don't get because I've been curvy forever I mean here nor there but I am body what, what would I call it neutral like whatever you're cool with, with your body, I'm cool with. I never look at someone and be like, ooh, they got big. I don't do that. I don't judge people. I don't judge what people eat. I don't judge what people do. I don't judge what you want to wear. I don't judge what surgeries you want to get. Do what you want to do. I'm cool with that. So I'm body neutral. Um, okay, back to the advice. <sighs> I'm laughing because it's like, <laughs> if men got one thing, it's the audacity. <laughs> Oh my God. I hope he's not losing his hair when he said all this. Oh my God. Okay. Here's the thing. Um, ha If I was with someone and then they all of a sudden put on a bunch of weight, but when I had met them, how do I not sound toxic? Oh my God. Okay. What am I trying to say? Okay. When you sign up to be with someone, you're pretty much like, you think, okay, I'm signing up for every virgin of you. You fucking think so. But you're kind of not like, okay, tell me how you would feel. You're dating somebody and then they put on like 30 pounds and they look different and they're acting different. How would you feel? Because it's not just, it's probably, I mean, I can't say this for him. I'm thinking it's not just the way that they look. Because I. this has not happened with my current relationship, but I've dated someone who fluctuated a lot. He was heavier set and he would go from like what's fad dieting, like extreme dieting and lose some weight and then go back to like as soon as he would be off of the yo-yo diet, he would put all the weight back on. And the problem was not his size. The problem was his reaction to his size, the up and down of the confidence, the eating disorder, the, the disordered eating, like eating disordered behaviors and disordered eating and 
the fluctuating of the confidence and the lashing out and the poor attitude and not wanting to get dressed to go out. And you know what I mean? Like people tend to get a bad attitude when they're not confident. And sometimes putting on weight changes your confidence. So in that sense, I could see how it's like, what the fuck? Like you're acting a certain way and it becomes draining to the other person. So I could see how that's like a problem. As far as her physical looks, I mean, to me, it sounds like a fucking cop out. It sounds like he already wants out of the relationship. And he's thinking of things to leave or to sabotage. Because the one way you know a man doesn't want to be with you anymore, he starts being fucking mean. And maybe he didn't say it in a mean way. But he didn't have to say it. (laughs) He didn't have to say that. How big did she fucking get? Like, what is the big deal? Is it extreme? I need more details. Did she put on a lot of weight where she looks completely different? Did she put on so much weight that she acts different? Or... I think that he probably just wants to break up anyway. Because that's what men will do. For, for whatever reason, they don't just break up with you. They just get mean. They just get to the point where you got to break up with them because they're fucking mean. Like, literally, that's what they do. I don't know why. I think because they, no one taught them how to regulate their fucking feelings. So instead of just breaking up with you like a normal human being, they'll start cheating. They'll start being fucking mean. They'll start having comments. Like, you get the vibe. That's what it sounds like to me. I don't think... I think he's just making an excuse and he just wants out anyway. Maybe he's dating someone else already. That's That happens too. They'll start dating somebody else and then they'll start being mean to you about it. Instead of just telling you the truth, they'll be mean. That's what I know from being 31 and dating men. She's right to be losing her mind over it because that's so jarring to hear from your partner. Like, hey, you got fat? Like, what the fuck? <gasps> Would your soul not leave your body? My fucking soul would levitate out of my body. Just because it's like, as women, we hear that forever. Like everyone's always talking about our looks. Everything is our looks. Everything is our looks. But with men, they get such a pass. Like they can have a little beer belly. They could be like medium heavy. They could be balding. They could be, oh God, they don't even have to fucking do their nails. And they get away with so much and everything is not about their looks. But women... Oh, everything's about our fucking weight. I'm getting pissed off. I don't like it. (laughs) I personally, this is what I mean. I'm body neutral. Don't fucking comment on somebody's looks. Don't comment on somebody's looks. Like, it's so fucking annoying. I even get a little bit annoyed when someone's like, oh, he lost weight. He looks so good. Fuck you. What does that mean? So I didn't look good prior. (laughs) like I didn't look good when I was bigger but I look good now because I'm a smaller size that fits the narrative in your head of the size that I should be and maybe in their head it's like the intent is like oh but it was coming from a good place no 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 it was coming from a misogynistic place that you didn't recognize within yourself and I'm just here calling it out but so now I look like the asshole it's not coming from a good place you just didn't do the inner work to know that and I did it's coming from a place of you you 
relate looking good to being small. And that's how men feel. Unless they're into bigger bodies, which is great. But again, this all goes back to shaming women, mean girl fantasies, you know, fitting the fucking male gaze and blah, blah, blah. So I guess I'm neutral on it. Like, I could see dating someone and they drastically change. That's jarring too. Like, oh my God, this is not the person I first started dating. No one wants to date someone and they completely changed. Like, that's just, it's not comfortable. It feels weird. It's like dating a new person. However, fluctuation for women is very normal. Like, if you want to date women, you better be prepared for them to fluctuate in size. Like, period. Like, that's just how it is. They Around their period, they're going to be a little fluffier. As they get older, they're going to be a little fluffier. Like, that's just it. Like, our hormones are so sensitive. They're going to change. And it's going to change our size. So unless he just doesn't like that about women, like, there's not much you could do, you know? So I could see if she changed so much that he's like, holy shit, I don't even know this person. And it it also changed her attitude. Like, do you ever, like, want to go somewhere with someone? They're like, oh, but do I look okay? But do I look okay? But do I look okay? Like, how does this look? How does this look? Like, that's fucking annoying. Just get dressed and come with me and have a good time. Like, how did this become about what you look like? I thought we were going out to have fun. Like, it gets annoying, right? Like, I think that's annoying. Don't keep asking me about how you look. I'm not thinking about how you look. I think you look great. I just want to go have a nice time with you. Don't keep, you know, the disordered eating and, and complaining and like, oh, I ate so much. That will blow the whole mood. So it could be that. Like, I know for me, that would piss me the fuck off. Like, how long are you doing this shit? <laughs> how long are you doing this? Can we even have fun? Like, you're bringing down the whole experience by complaining about the way you look and complaining about what you're eating. So is it relating to that? Like, did it also change her personality a bit? And now it's like not fun to do regular relationship stuff Or is he just solely focused on her looks and now he's annoyed that she had put on weight? In that case, this is not your partner, honey. It's not your partner. You got to tell your friend, this is not the type of man you partner with. (laughs) Because weight is going to be the least of your issues. To stay with a man long term, whether that be marriage or living with him and blah, blah, blah. Staying with a person long term who is going to try and check you on the size that you change to is not the person you want to commit to long-term because your weight will be the least of your fucking issues as you get older. What if something worse happened? What about big changes? What about when it's harder than weight? Weight is just, you just you could just lose it. You just work out and diet. What about real changes? How's he gonna feel then? Is he gonna have a comment then? Is he gonna have a complaint then? That's what the real focus is. Like, what is the real meaning about his, what does it say about his character? Because where is he coming from? Like, what about the weight? Is it because, the other thing is men don't really elaborate. They'll just say that and be like, I don't know. (laughs) Like, what? What about my size has you so upset? And they won't be able to articulate, well, now that you put on weight, you're so insecure. Like you don't want to get dressed to go out. You don't want to go anywhere. You don't want to, you don't, You won't eat anything that I make. You won't do this. You won't do that. Like that is exhausting. So is it that? Like, okay, I don't care that you're bigger, but you got to own it. Like don't make everything an issue. That, that part. But is he going to fucking say that? No. <laughs> no. You would have to, and don't give it to him. Don't give him the answer. 
Or is he saying it from a place of, I just don't like that you've changed and you're bigger? Run for the fucking hills. And I'll tell you why. Because, and I, I already did. I already did tell you why. Because weight is the least of your issues. If something changes, something more drastic changes, something about your face, something about your, like your limbs, like if something awful happens, he's going to leave. He's not someone who's going to stick hell or high water. He ain't, he's not in love with you for real. He's not in love with you for real. And I know this is, she's asking for her friend. I hope you're not asking for you and you're just saying that. Is this like for real for a friend or if this is you and your boyfriend? Fucking run. Okay. For whoever it's for, run. Because weight is the, and what if you want to have kids with him? What if the kids put on weight? Oh God, run. Don't give these kids eating disorders, please. That's how everybody has one now because they they saw their mom fucking yo-yo dieting, not eating, commenting on size, all of that. No good. All you're doing is creating kids who have poor relationships with food and then they create kids who have poor relationships with food, so on and so on and so on. Run. You don't want to be with someone who is going to complain about something very minor and superficial because when something isn't minor and superficial, what he, he's going to leave. He's not there for the long haul. At, that's all that said. That's all he said. I'm not in this for the long run. I'm in this for whatever the fuck it was when you were skinny period. That's awful. Ew, that like pissed me off. (laughs) Fucking pissed me off. But it's true though. It's true. Oh, I had something else to say about dating because I believe this, I believe this could, where is it? Did I put it under here? I wrote it down, I think. Did I fucking delete it? I wrote something down because I was thinking about it and I was like, holy shit. This is true. Hold on, I'm looking for it. I think I lost it. Oh, I did write it down. Um, I have dating advice that goes for everything and it also goes for relationships. A lot of the stuff that I hear about dating advice or when people ask me things, which I don't know why, again, I don't know why anybody asks me, but a lot of it is like not having... A lot of it is not having self-confidence. And I don't even mean in your looks. I know that's a whole other thing to unpack and it's very loaded and there's layers to it. But I mean in your personality and your and in your authenticity. So when you're going out and dating and meeting new people, whether it's um, romantically, sexually, friendships, you could apply this to family relationships. Maybe there's some family dynamics you want to shift or whatever. Maybe there's some friendships you want to shift or maybe you want to make new friends or maybe you did make new friends and you're unsure. You know when you text your friend and you're like, should I say this? What should I say? That right there. This applies to that, okay? My advice for that. When you are authentic in everything you want to say, And when you're authentic with yourself and when you're honest with yourself, you can be honest with others. You will have more peace in the responses that you give to people and who you show up as in their life. You will have more peace with it 
when you know you're being your authentic self. Be who you are. That way, when you give yourself whatever part that may be to people in any dynamic, you never have to think, is it something I did? Is it something I said? Should I not have said that? Should I have said it a different way? The answer will always be no, because you gave your honest self. So what would saying something different do? Are you also telling yourself you should have ma- you should have pretended to be something you're not in order to get them to like you? And then where the fuck does that end up? So go right back to the beginning. Be honest with yourself and be authentic with others. If someone texts you something and you want to say A, B, and C, and that's you being authentic, why do you need to have your friend read it and check it for you? You don't. You're being authentic. So whatever fucking response they give you, whether you like it or not, is their response to your authenticity. So now when you go and date, you don't have to wonder, oh, could it have worked out if I did this, if I did that? No, you showed up as you and it didn't work out. And that's okay. That person didn't like you for your genuine self. There you go. You can mourn it even faster. Because there is no other scenario where it would have worked out because you gave your true self to them. You were authentic. So if they didn't like your authenticity, there was no universe where that was going to exist. And this applies to friendships as well. When you're authentic with your friends, when you're true to yourself with your friends, when you're honest with yourself and others, and the friendship didn't go the way you planned, There's nothing else to think about. You could be upset about it, but there's nothing, there's no fucking head games of maybe I shouldn't have done that. Maybe I shouldn't have done this. Maybe I should. You did what you could at the time with who you were, your authentic self. If you lead with authenticity, you don't have to have as much self-doubt and you don't have to think about it that much. You don't have to second guess as much because you gave it now if you're out here bullshitting and and you're fucking taking your friend's advice and what she would say instead of what you want to say no wonder you're second guessing because that's not even who you are you're pretending to be someone else maybe you don't want to hear that but you're pretending to be someone else you're saying what caller daddy told you to say (laughs) on the fucking i'm just kidding i they're great they're all great but do you know what i mean I get playing games, especially if you're just on like a sexual level and you're just trying to like make men sick, more power to you. That's great. But that's still you being authentic because you're going into it knowing I want to play games. I want to make them fucking sick. I don't want a fucking boyfriend. I don't want a girlfriend. I don't want to be committed. I want to be a pain in the ass. So go into it being a fucking pain in the ass, saying shit that's not authentic to you. Well, it kind of is. It's still being authentic, saying shit that's like manipulative and being a fucking, you know what I mean? But when you are ready for a real connection, that will require you to be real. That will require you to be authentic. But that will also give you the validation that you need every single fucking time. Because if the person you're interested in, the person you're talking to, the person you're dating doesn't respond to that positively, that is not your person. It's not your person. And I'm 
telling you this from experience because I had past relationships where I I already told you I was being a fucking asshole. And where did that end? <laughs> I had so many toxic relationships, toxic relationships, toxic, back to back to back to back. I got so tired of being toxic myself and I was ready to be authentic when I found someone I felt I had a connection with. I gave my authentic self. So there was no second guessing. So any response I got, I didn't have to send to my friend. I didn't have to check, what should I say back? Because I was being authentic and it was working. He was responding to my authenticity. And then I was able to be truthful. I didn't have to second guess. I knew that everything I said, I meant. So whatever happens from that, it's not really my fucking responsibility. I was giving 100%. So that way, when you know if it doesn't work, it was never going to. You get to mourn it like, great. You know, it sucks. I really liked him, but it was never going to work. It was never going to work. I want to move on. I wanted to work with someone who really likes me for who I am. If you're out here being phony and listening to what your friend told you to say, but your authentic self wants to say something else because you want to lead with honesty, yeah, you're going to have self-doubts because he's responding to someone that's not even you. And then if it doesn't work, you're going to be second guessing, well, maybe I could have said that. I, I originally wanted to say this and maybe that's why it didn't work. You following? I thought about that because I was thinking about the episode and I was like, wait, that's a huge part of it because it's more than just dating. I mean, even in friendships, if you're being a fucking phony bitch and your friend peeped it and doesn't want to be friends with you, you're going to wonder like, oh, why why didn't it work? I should have done something. Yeah, you should have. You should have been honest. But friends is a little bit different because you can go back and be like, I wasn't, you know, you can explain yourself a little bit more. And in with family dynamics as well. If you have a troubling, you know, if you have a toxic family dynamic somewhere and you want to start changing the tone of that and changing how they treat you or change how you respond to them, being authentic will also help you navigate that. Because if you have a toxic family member who is claiming that you're a liar or lying about the situation or you know how it goes. Like sometimes you get into it and then they fucking lie about who said what or how the, how it really went down. When you are being honest, when you went through the situation with pure honesty and you stay true to yourself, nobody can gaslight you. Nobody, you can't gaslight someone who's authentic. I mean, you can. It's called me. I know you're probably like, bitch, people are fucking manipulative. Yes, they are. But I'm talking about reground yourself. When these things happen, when someone's trying to manipulate you, gaslight you, whatever, whatever fucking new fun word you found on Instagram, if you knew you were authentic, you have nothing to fucking worry about because then you will attract the crowd that relates with you more, that appreciates who you are for who you are and not the mask that you put on to fit in. And this is how you will find genuine connections with people who appreciate you. It also could be a little bit lonely. Let me tell you that. I've always been described as, here I am being a narcissist. I've always been described as genuine and authentic and my own person. 
I'm not real good at following a crowd. I'm not real good at like fitting into places that I don't vibe with. However, I don't have many phony people around me. And as soon as I see it, I don't, I, you know, I detach myself a little bit. And it's lonely. It's lonely. I always say I don't really trust anyone who's got too many friends <laughs> because because there's no way you just vibe with that many people. Do you know what I mean? You're, you got all the, those friends. You're putting up with more than what you want to. You're around spaces that you don't completely resonate with. And I don't believe in like, um, I know there's a whole discourse of, you know, stay around people who match your energy and blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. Because I'm social too. Like, I think you could be around different people that you don't agree with and blah, blah, blah. But I'm talking about close. You have more than two close friends. Shut up. <laughs> Stop it. How are you so close? And maybe you're lucky where you have really close friends and you all really get each other, but as you get older and start being more true to yourself, you will see that you will lose friends. Your relationships will change. It will be harder to date. It will be harder to get to know someone. And that's why as you get older, it's harder to date. Because when you're younger, you're willing to put up with shit. You're willing to put a mask on. You're willing to, oh yeah, I love sports. <laughs> that's never been me, but you're willing to like fucking fake it. Just to like get someone to stick around a little bit longer. But that doesn't lead to a safe space because you got to stay that person. Oh, you got to stay that person. That person is thinking that you're being authentic and you're not. So down the line when you're like, oh, I fucking hate sports. Like I was just, you know, I just wanted to hang out. What? <laughs> what? So you started off being a liar. It's a form of manipulation. It's just more accepted and calling it manipulation is, you know, a little bit harsh. I don't mean to like put a huge negative connotation on it, but it is a form of manipulation. It is. When you got to text your friend to say, oh my God, what should I say? And then you're saying what your friend told you to say. And so what you want to say, mm, why, why do you need to change it? Why are you saying something to get a specific response? Say, if you're serious about someone, you like them, they ask you something, they want to do something, say what's in your heart and then whatever they respond will lead you to an honest place, whether that's with them or without them. And that's the end of it. And that's how you get a genuine connection. And that's how you find happiness. And that's how you cut the bullshit out. Will you be a little bit lonely because it will cut some people out? Yes. But all of that self-doubt and replaying in your head, should you have said something else, should you just say, all of that gets cut out when you were authentic. You don't have to second guess. You don't have to reread the messages. You don't have to rethink the whole conversation because you know, uh-uh, I said everything with pure honesty in my heart. So the way they responded is that's on them. That's a them thing. That's their problem. I was honest and that's my problem. And I want to find someone who likes my honesty, who likes I am. Don't you want someone who likes you for you? Oh my God, imagine, think about it. When you're pretending to be someone else, they don't like you. They like whoever you just created. They don't like you. That's empty and lonely too. There's just more people in the room. 
But when you're authentic, when you are being you and somebody likes it, like they like being around you. They like what you're saying. They like how you laugh. They like how you're, you're open with your feelings. They like that. Don't you feel good? I like that about you. I like that you're authentic. I like that I can be around you and what I'm experiencing is the truth. I like that. It feels safe. Don't you like that too? So that is my overall advice for dating. When you're serious, if you want to go out and be a fuck boy, that's a different story. But I'm talking about authentic relationships and serious things. That's my advice. Okay, should we wrap it up? How long is this? I don't even know. It doesn't tell me how long. I need a sip though. I'm fucking losing my voice. It might be two hours. I don't know. Over an hour, I'm sure. <clears throat> I got to eat too. I've been trying to eat during the day. Um, I wanted to leave you with something. I want to tell you a couple things before we go. Oh, someone said about, hold on. Someone asked about men cheating on bachelor party, bachelor parties. And then somebody else was like, wait, I want to hear about that. I want to hear about that because I didn't get to it. Okay, listen. <laughs> you find out they cheat on the bachelor party. I don't care what stage of marriage you, you're on. Divorce. Annulment. And what a fucking pain in the ass that is. But I'm not the biggest believer in marriage and stuff. So speaking on these topics are very like, I mean, the whole thing is just like a bachelor party, like bachelorette party, who's cheating, where, it's fucking insane. It's like insane. It's fucking insane. <laughs> That's my thoughts on it. I think if your partner cheated weeks before you're about to get fucking get married, one, that person's not ready to get married. Two, that person is not honest with themselves. If they had things to work out, if they needed to go fuck something else before making this commitment to you they weren't ready and they need to be alone and that has nothing to do with how they love you or don't love you it has to do with how they love themselves and I know that's all like deep mumbo jumbo shit and they're like they're Tina they're a fucking asshole that's why they cheated yes but a lot of fucking assholes are people who don't love themselves to go that far to propose to someone just to fucking cheat on the bachelor party and hope that they don't find out because you think you're some fucking cool motherfucker and she's never going to find out. And you felt, you felt good. I see it all the time on TikTok. These guys go to Nashville and then get exposed by some cutie with blonde hair and fucking cowboy boots. She's like, if your fiance is Steven from Ohio, he was in Nashville trying to fuck my friend for two hours. I see it on TikTok all the time. Steven cheating on the bachelor party. He don't love himself. No, he don't. He got married because somebody told him to, because he thought that's the next thing to do, because it's just how the world works. That's just what you do. Daddy was like, Stephen, when the fuck are you going to give me some grandkids? He don't love himself. He's not doing what he wants to do. Stephen wants to be single. Stephen needs his ego fed. Stephen didn't learn that you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like you can't, you don't get to get your ego fed however you want and then also be in a committed relationship. The two do not exist. That's not how that works. It can work in a polyamorous relationship that usually doesn't take place with weddings. <laughs> that usually doesn't take place in a marriage. And people who don't do the work to find out what will make them happy in life do not love themselves, which is a majority of men. They were not taught to love themselves. They were just taught to feed their fucking ego, which usually ends up 
looking like a husband who cheats because he hates his fucking life. We've all seen this trope. We've all seen this trope. That's my advice on it. If a fucking guy cheats on his bachelor party because he's having a good time, he drank too much and the stripper was hot and he was feeling his oats and his ego was being fed. This is the type of man that shouldn't have proposed to to begin with because he can't go to a bachelor party and drink alcohol and control himself. Because I don't know about you, but most women can. There's women who cheat on bachelorette parties. Same thing goes for them. They don't love themselves. They got themselves in a position because they thought that's what they wanted and it's not what they wanted. They don't love themselves and they should be alone and explore what they really want. These people should not be getting married. And not just because of their partner. Fuck you. We're coming to your wedding. We're bringing money. We're spending money on the wedding. We're bringing you a fucking gift, an envelope of cash. We're spending our days off with you. We're spending our weekend with you. And you, you're you not even fucking ready to be here. You just cheated a couple weeks ago. This shit's going to fucking end in divorce. But I got to come and spend $1,000 to celebrate your fucking love. It's fucking rude. <laughs> that pisses me off too. I hate that. Like, you know they shouldn't be married, but we still got to go to the fucking wedding and spend $1,000. Like, what? The whole thing is insane. Marriage as a whole is just, it's very convoluted at this time in life. And cheating is just, cheating is just a clear indicator that that person, you know, needs to be alone for a little bit or needs to admit that they want a polyamorous relationship, which usually the men don't because they're too jealous and insecure. Okay. Um... That was it for my dating advice. Next episode, we can move on to something else. So make sure you send me a message and let me know what you want. I have a few ideas, but I always like to hear what you guys have to say. I wanted to tell you that I posted this on Instagram that I want to change the aesthetic to a more like magazine ad vibe. Not ad, like a magazine cover vibe, that type of thing. Like, yeah. Um, Let me know what you think because I like it. I didn't change the whole aesthetic yet. I have to put together a whole like media kit basically. So that way I could do it all in one day and then all of the vibes match. But I want to see what you think. I like it. I love the red and purple, but it's just like, uh, it's not giving me what I want it to give. Like I want to do photo shoots. I have to do a, a photo shoot for my podcast. I also want to tell you that if you're still listening, I am looking for a co-host. Here's the thing with having a co-host. It's hard to find one because people think they want to be a co-host. They think they want to be on it. They think they want to do an interview. They think they want to be a part of the podcast. But you probably don't. Because if you're, you got to be willing to do a lot of shit. You have to be really fucking down. Like you got to think about it like as if it's your own. You have to be passionate about it. And there's, I don't know many people who are that passionate about anything. I'm an overly passionate person. When I commit, I commit. Okay. Come hell or high water, it's getting done. And you got to be like that. You got to be like that, especially in a career that requires creativity and talent or working with talent. I'm not saying I'm the talented person. Working with talent, the passion has to be more than your need for money, your need for family, your need for relationships, your need for time. Like if you need a day off during the week to be with friends, something in the creative field is not for you. <laughs> I got news for you. If you're not willing to work until you're exhausted, if you're not 
willing to like not go on vacation for a couple of years, not for you. The creative space is not for you. And people don't like saying that out loud, but it's just true. And I don't believe in the whole girl boss, girl boss, sorry, my accent, girl boss mentality of like working yourself to the bone because I've done that before and I burnt out. But with certain things like, say, a podcast and being a podcast co-host, people like you don't get to not be available to record and miss uploading on Monday. I'm late, but this episode's going up on a Monday. It's Monday. This episode's going up now, <laughs> right now. The, uh, like, you got to be able to be flexible. You got to be down. You got to be down for the content. You got to be thinking. I think about this all week. I think about what I want to say. I research interviews. I research how to speak properly. I, re- I research how to get rid of my accent. I research how to pronunciate. So I would like a co-host to make it more interesting, but it's just very hard to find. So if you know someone or if you're interested, I don't know, send me a fucking pitch. And let's get this thing going. Um, That was cringe. I'm sorry. I'm just getting tired. <laughs> that was cringe. I'm sorry. I really want a cigarette. I'm really cranky. It's Mercury retrograde. I got to eat something. And yeah, let me wrap up this episode. Um, I also want to tell you something. I want to leave you with this thought. If you watch the Army Hammer document, if you watch the Army Hammer documentary, stop saying to people, how come you didn't see the red flags? How come you didn't know? And start thinking, I could see how badly you wanted to be loved. Okay. I'm going to (laughs) go. Thank you for listening. Stay well. And I love you.